Hello, and welcome to the Graphics Profiles, the official podcast of Graphics Pro and Graphics Pro Expo, covering the graphics market online, in print, and in person. I'm your host, Reagan Dickinson. Our guest today is David Condon, founder and owner of And How Graphics in Fairfield, Connecticut, a literal one-stop shop that handles everything from apparel decoration to signage and vehicle graphics. But before we dig in with David Condon, let's talk to Henry Coem, Global Sales Manager, Graphic Imaging for Hicks Corporation, the sponsor of this episode. Hi, Henry. Hey, Reagan. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. And I think we wanted to focus on the drinkware market today. So what are the opportunities for graphics providers in that particular segment? There's a lot of opportunities, and we have seen a lot of growth uh, in, in the last couple of years in that sector. It started around the, the turn of the century, but really the last three, four years, it's really gone uh, all bunkers. Uh, everybody wants mugs, and you wonder where all these mugs are going. And then I opened my kitchen cupboard, and there they are. Uh, I just bought everything. Uh, every place I've been, uh, every race I ran, every dog I had, every kid I had, just about every Father's Day, Mother's Day, they're all there, and I don't want to throw any away. So that's where they right. go. So they have an opportunity with both consumers and businesses, right? If they, yes. if they have a business account that they're doing, let's say they're doing t-shirts for or signage or sublimation, the personalized products, and they have that account, that's something that they can offer them and say, hey, we can actually do drinkware for you. And I assume that's a pretty popular item with uh, companies too. Right. As a uh, manufacturer or as a, uh, as a supplier, you want to cross-sell to other products. Once you have the image, you can place it on... Uh, an unlimited number of products, uh, whether you put it on a plate, on a T-shirt, or eventually on a mug or a or a, or a steel cooler, uh, it all it all transfers from one to another. Give me some more information about your mug wrap offering. Uh, well, once you have the image, uh, putting it on putting it on a mug is quite simple. Uh, you, you use a mug wrap, you print out a transfer, uh, you wrap the wrap around the transfer, and put it either in a in a batch oven countertop oven or a, a conveyor belt oven if you want to make a whole lot of it. Okay. So that cures it, so to speak, so that the, the image right. will be fairly permanent. You can, yes. you can wash it. And um, I assume that you can also do um, sublimation on drinkware. Um, yes. Uh, all of this I'm referring to mostly sublimation. And, okay. Uh, mostly the drinkware is gone from, uh, from, from really the basics at the turn of the century to re, uh, to recently sublimation and a gazillions of colors, mm-hmm. easy to do, uh, and, uh, and easy to apply. Now, originally, uh, people used to, used to use muck presses and they're still in the market, but they're all a little bit unwieldy. There's also slow, you do one at a time and you just wait, twirling your thumbs, nothing doing, doing nothing else. But, uh, nowadays, uh, people want to go faster. They want to provide more and bigger batches and bigger volume. So that's where countertops come in. They can take about a dozen at a time or conveyor belt ovens. They can take a hundred to a thousand per hour. Uh, and so it goes much faster that way. Okay. Well, I appreciate your time today, Henry. Thank you, Reagan. Have a good day, sir. And thanks again to Henry and Hicks Corporation for sponsoring this episode. For more information about Hicks and its wide variety of equipment and accessories for the graphics market, go to hickscorp.com. That's H-I-X-C-O-R-P.com. And we're back with David Condon, founder and owner of And How Graphics in Fairfield, Connecticut. 
Hi, David. How are you today? Good. How are you? Awesome so far. So what I know about you is that you really started in uh, graphic design, that you were a graphic designer. You studied it in school and studied Dutch design. And so you had kind of this American, European uh, design background. And and now you've ended up in more of a production business, but obviously design is important to you as well. But I'm interested in your journey from art and design to print production and how that shaped you, how you do business, that background in art and design. Yeah, totally. Um, funny enough, I was fresh out of college and I kind of got the uh, opportunity to go study Dutch design. And I just found that a lot of the projects we were working on ended up going into print and production. Um, not only that, the amount of relationships built from bare bones, starting somebody's branding package is, is I mean, it's hands on. You're, you're working with these people daily. Um, fast forward to when I opened three years ago, I kind of have been doing this stuff my entire life, like mocking up apparel garments and vehicle graphics. And it was kind of just time to put all those puzzle pieces together and, and do it under one roof. Um, and a lot of people will find when they, you know, get that personalization with us, like we're not just doing the logo packages or the t-shirts. We're kind of offering the one-stop shop, if you will, um, which people end up needing. I mean, you start with that branding package and they want business cards and they want stickers and eventually they want to put some graphics in a conference room or put some three-dimensional typography on the building. And, uh, that's kind of going into it. What I wanted to accomplish. Um, not saying it wasn't an amazing time in Amsterdam, but man, I just was like, I want to put my hands on some product. I want to actually print these t-shirts Yeah. since I'm sending my customer all the mock-ups of what it's going to look like anyways. Um, right. so yeah, it's kind of a roundabout way getting here, but it's been a blast and we've been really successful with our customers and it's been real good. So when you opened this shop and and I believe it was July 4th of 2019, when and how uh, graphics actually opened in Fairfield, um, what kind of processes did you have? I mean, did you open it with the, with the view that we, you are going to be a one-stop shop or has that evolved since you opened? Yeah. So I knew that the graphic design was rolling it. Like I would, I'm still work with a lot of customers I've worked with for, you know, 10 years now that are, we're updating branding or we're doing things like that. So yeah, I mean, we started with the screen printing. We ended up investing in uh heat press, which during COVID we were doing some, you know, spot sublimation for uh, face masks and gators and um, the wide format printer, which I knew I wanted for the banners, yard signs, vehicle wraps, wall graphics, it kind of was, let's get these five machines that we already know well and can use and be able to offer it instead of not. Um, so yeah, to answer your questions, we bought the five machines right when we opened. And luckily enough, they've all been running daily. And uh, sometimes we're, depending on the season, you know, it's heavy, heavy with uh, apparel right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it kind of opened up this structure to say the least of like when these waves of busy seasons come, 
which again has been really awesome. You know, wintertime uh, apparel and summertime, we want to do boat graphics. So, it, you know, we're kind of busy all the time in all the realms of the equipment that we did buy. Um, and then one more fun fact, uh, when I did open, I got a hat press, um, using a lot of stalls products and vinyl on hats only got us so far. Mm -hmm. Um, so after year one, I looked at the books and I was like, man, we made money our first year. Let's get that embroidering machine in here. Yeah. Uh, once we did that, it's game over. Um, that thing has been working overtime for us since we bought it. That's great. So obviously a worthwhile investment for you. And, and I mean, obviously you made a choice to invest in, in new equipment at that point. So how do you decide on implementing or, or getting new capital equipment to serve a need that you see in your customer base? I'm, I'm sure that there are a number of factors that go into that. So what is your decision-making process? I mean, obviously the simple version is, Hey, we made money at this. I think we can, uh, get more volume and do more of it. So therefore that justifies the capital equipment uh, purchase. Uh, but there has to be more factors than just, yeah, we made some money, right? <laughs> Absolutely. No. And you know what, honestly, it, it comes, it boils down to the, to the brand, mm. uh, whatever customer we're working with. I mean, I started working with a band that started touring and we started with simple one color designs and stickers and, I said, all right, let's invest in this cool foil vinyl adhesive for stickers so that, you know, we can offer regular stickers and then reflective stickers. Um, but going back to the design standpoint, like we build out the seasons for some people. And for instance, like direct to garment, you're able to get full color printing without screen printing setup fees, which mm -hmm. is huge. So if it's in their budget to run 500 shirts, multicolor, we'll go screen printing. But we found like, all right, if we get a DTG machine, we can offer full color designs for these people that would want it. And they're not getting charged an arm and a leg for setup fees. And we can do like one-offs and, you know, rush orders and stuff like that. So I've been paying attention to basically what people are wanting and kind of you know, not breaking the bank moving forward, but getting things in as needed and what mm -hmm. we think is going to work. And it's, it's been working in that sense. Yeah. So, I mean, do you find that, um, you know, it's based on a brand and what they need. Uh, do you find that that translates beyond that initial brand that uh, you were discussing that with who they have a particular need that it actually works for other brands that you're working with as well or other companies, individuals, um, so that you're able to kind of implement that across the board and not just for that brand. Yeah. And again, we're, we, we have our doors open, our customers come in and they'll see us working on merchandise and be like, Oh, you know what, that, that 3d puff embroidery looks really good. Maybe we should try those out or, Hey, like you gave me an and house sticker and it's reflective. Like let's order a couple of those for us. And we kind of leave it open as like a creative design service and you know, the walls are decorated with stuff we printed in house and there's all sorts of cool goodies for them to look at when they come in and almost 99% of the time, like we'll share something on social media and a customer will be like, you know what, that, that crew neck that you got, I think would work really well. Let's get those on our next order and just kind of keeping it fresh and, 
keeping stuff rolling in um, almost all the time, you know, equivalates to like other people wanting it or testing it out. Okay. Gotcha. Is there anything on the, uh, basically on the customer experience side, you did mention the customer experience and you hear a lot of people talk about, Oh, we got to make sure our customer experience is great. Well, that's all well and good to say that it's great, but how do you actually do that? What does that look like practically for you, at least for and how graphics, what, it, what is it that you're really trying to accomplish with the customer experience and, and tell me if that's been, if that's been working for you. Time with them. Um, we posted something the other day, actually, like we do not want to rush creative projects and whether that be like a rebrand project for a fortune 500 company or someone that just wants family reunion t-shirts, like hmm. I want to get you on the phone. I want to hear the project, like emails can get convoluted and can confusing. So they get, they get me on the phone when they call an order. Um, because chances are the problem that they're having or the solution they're looking for isn't really what they're saying. Like, I like to dig a little deeper, like even if it's a banner, like where's it going? What size should we make it? Did you consider putting it here? And it kind of just opens up that creativity no matter what the project's for, um, which I do with every customer. Like I rarely get an email for an order without touching base with them and bouncing the ball around the room a little bit, um, which winds up going in a better direction than we thought before. Um, but yeah, people come in, we schedule meetings, we look at mock-ups together, we draw, we plan this out no matter what it is. Um, mm -hmm. we're not that company where it's like, Hey, I need these shirts tomorrow. Like, just do it. I, I, I don't want to go there. This is a creative thing we should treat it as such, uh, even if it's something simple. Mm -hmm. What I'm hearing is your primary goal is to make sure the customer gets a great product that's gone through a creative process and is exactly what they want. Uh, but just kind of overall organizationally, have you, have you found some things that have worked to kind of help that process so that you do, even though, like you said, you're not going to rush, uh, oh, we'll get you t-shirts tomorrow, but still that they're on time and delivered in such a way that the, they're, customer expectations are met. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a structure. Um, and as soon as I veer off of that structure, that's when things happen. Right. Um, print the mock-up, get the due date, make sure it's approved by the customer. Um, again, due date's a huge one, right? Like yeah. we have yet to have a missed due date, which is incredible. Um, but that communication, I mean, mock-ups for the production, um, the learning experience of me communicating with them and, you know, teaching my employee now to start to communicate with them. Um, they'll tell me little things like, Hey, can you change something? And if I don't print that mock-up again or switch the quantity or the color, it's going to go th through production exactly like I tell them. And that's where miscues can happen. So mm -hmm. me sticking to my structure, printing out mock-ups, printing out, uh, the artwork, making sure the embroidery files set to size, um, all those little things. Again, the things that will bite me are the ones that are not structured are the ones that, Oh, I mean, you know what? That customer texted me. I totally forgot to update the quantities. My bad. Um, but yeah, little things like that, um, which is basic for any print shop, you know, make sure approvals are mocked and 
approve from customer, make sure the due date's good, schedule the week out so that we can ship some things around to get due dates to said person. Yeah, it's when I veer off and do the stuff that I say, I don't normally do this, is when things uh, go south. <laughs> right. Do you ever have projects where they're printing on multiple items? You know, it could be, hey, we need this many T-shirts. We need a banner. Maybe it's an event or something. Um, we need a vehicle graphic, you know, where it's going across kind of multiple processes. Um, do you run into projects like that? You know, as opposed to you did some hats for us. We need some T-shirts this time. Do you ever kind of have those encompassing projects where it's going across multiple media? Uh I'm glad you asked that question because that project is in the works right now as we speak. Oh, it is. Okay. <laughs> um, it's for a major golf event. And I started from scratch. Um, let's build the brand. Let's build the logo packages. Let's understand what items we're going to need, starting with the design. So I created an entire brand uh, of logo work. Uh, now that order is 200 polos with multiple print locations. Uh, the hats are going to basically accompany the polo with a different color variant with similar logo with color change. There's 30 yard signs that go on each T hole. There's banners. I mean, you name it, it's the bells and whistles, um, which has been great because this is the projects that I, I want to come across my desk. Hey, we need a graphic, we need a package, so to say, and then we need the product. And plus it makes it easier for my customer. I get a lot of phone calls where it's like, hey, you know, I forget who does our hats and I forget who does our banners, but we kind of need all that stuff. And mm -hmm. back to the design, I got that folder, I've got it in vector form or whatever form, and I know exactly how it's gonna print on the embroidery machine, screen printing, and on the wide format printer. So it's all going to be very consistent. Yeah. How do you ensure that consistency across process? Because, you know, <laughs> your color <laughs> gamuts are a lot different from embroidery as they are to wide format printing, for example, right? Totally. Totally. Yeah. Calibrating the Roland printer is, is kind of been fun. Um, I've got swatches all over the shop. Um, We've got swatch books for embroidery even, and then mixing ink for screen printing, you know, going off Pantone colors, but every output is a little different. You know, embroidery is going to be a little more shiny because it's polyester and, you know, a banner is, is going to be, you know, what the printer pops out. But I did find running everything uh, that same day throughout uh, a learning curve of, temperature in the shop, right? Like mm -hmm. if I'm printing in the middle of the winter, that black might be different than, you know, in the middle of summer, or if I print 30 yard signs one day and then take four days off and then go to the banners, that yellow might print differently. Um, so it's something I pay attention to and I'm luckily enough able to watch it as the production's going on to stop a job, like, you know what, let's stop that banner and, and, and bump up the yellow because it's just not matching the embroidery or the color of the polo that we purchased for this company. So yeah, it is a, it is a lot of work, but when you nail it, I mean, branding wise, I mean, it's very consistent and it, it, it looks that way. Mm -hmm. And what process or technology are you looking at next? Uh, do you do you have something in mind that maybe you've been hearing from your customer base? 
No, I mean, we're, uh, I think for now, unless in the next, you know, five years, some miraculous machine comes out, you know, the, the, the latest and greatest for us has been that direct to garment machine. I mean, it's, I always plan out with my customers, especially depending on what it is. Like, uh, if you've ever been to a concert, you go to the merchandise booth and you've got like the low ticket item. And then, you know, you got the t-shirt that everybody takes, or you got a hoodie that's a little more expensive. So it's really been helpful with like, all right, we've got our price points for our customers. And then you get this direct to garment t-shirt on there and it's multiple colors and it's really, you know, blowing people's minds. Um, it's, it's been a real big hit and a lot of people are starting to use it more and more um because it's allowing for that full color process with saving on some setup fees and uh what you can do with that thing has been incredible for the apparel side of things i should say right you you mentioned five pieces of equipment so obviously d2g is one of them screen printing is another wide format printing uh what other equipment do you have uh we've got the embroidery machines we've Mm -hmm. got the uh we purchased the Stahl's Dual Air Fusion heat press, which mm-hmm. allows us to do a couple items at once, which is really been awesome. Um, we started with just the the hat press for vinyl products for you know uh, hats, which now is all one hundred percent embroidery. Um, right. And we've got a plotter cutter, which is great too for those simple die cut. Like you know, I I want something on the glass of our our building i want our logo on just the side of our work trucks so i mean with those machines you can really do a lot of monumental things and i think for what we offer it's exactly what we're what we're in need of right now okay gotcha well i appreciate your time today and uh for giving us your perspective and giving us an overview of your business and what you have been doing over the years so thanks again for your time david yeah, thank you. I really appreciate the interview. It's uh, It's been awesome. Thanks again to our guest, David Condon, who you can find at andhowgraphics.com and to our sponsor, Hicks Corporation, at hickscorp.com. Speaking of websites, go to graphics-pro.com where you can access all the archives to this podcast, plus all kinds of perspectives, education, and valuable information from your graphics community. You can also subscribe to the monthly magazine, both in print and digital formats, your call, and the e-newsletter while you're there. Don't forget that you can also find this podcast at your favorite platform, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening, and until next time, safe and successful travels as we navigate through this together.